Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about Mishaps and Mistletoe by Katherine Stein. This was published in 2020 and is the one and a half book in the Potions and Passions series. Full disclosure, we have not read the first book in the series. I think it's fine without it, but I leave it up to Lane to I give us the final. Fine. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I I think it's okay. You know, like th- there's obviously like a previous couple, but they they play such a small part that I don't think it matters. I actually would argue there were a couple. I, I was sort of there's a couple of couples, couple of couples that could have been the first book based on my reading. Like, yeah, I wasn't exactly. even sure which one would have gotten the text. Exactly, exactly. That's that's how little the the previous books played into this one. Other than potentially the establishment of magic, mm, maybe in the but... universe, like that was the one thing. I if this is a book that just like you take for granted, magic happens and nothing is ever explained. This stands on its own. If there was some explanations of what the fuck potions were in this context and what they did, yeah, that might have been useful. <laughs> All right. Have you read the first one? No, I haven't. Okay. I haven't. All right. Let's read the book jacket. All Lady Mabel Fairweather wants for Christmas is to experience one night of dancing and freedom from her horrible nickname. Her family assures her that a simple magic potion will do the trick. But when something goes awry, Mabel finds herself with a mob of amorous men descending upon her. Andrew Holbrook has loved his friend Mabel for years. Now that he has the means to marry, he's come home intending to seek her hand. What Drew didn't expect was to find other men eager to do the same. When strange magic puts Mabel in danger, however, he vows to protect her, even if she wants someone else. Hiding from the mayhem, Drew and Mabel rekindle their friendship, uncover old memories, and discover new passions. With snow falling and mistletoe hung, these two friends might just find a magic of their own and unwrap a love for the ages. Yeah, you know, I don't, no notes. This is fine for me. Um, yeah, I just, again, I need to understand more about the magic potions. Like, the jacket is fine, but the jacket... (laughs) Like, the book doesn't go any deeper. I just want to no. make that clear. Yeah, to be clear. No, the book does, doesn't does go any deeper. There are magical potions that you can take that make you do things. Mm-hmm. Make other people do things. Yeah, make all kinds of people do all kinds of things. So uh, we generated a random number between 1 and 25 and wrote our own summaries using that number as a word count. And this episode, that number is 11. Meg, you want to take it away? Sure. Can Mabel believe that Andrew's been pining after her for years? How many years? Good question. We still don't know. That's the that's my biggest question about this text. I just accepted that there were magic potions and was like, okay, fine. <laughs> I honestly and that I, taking three of them has a compounding effect, and yeah. you're supposed to understand dosages and consent in this context. Okay. I didn't care. I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, love potion. Number nine. Uh, yes. Okay. So my 11-word summary, thank goodness he had the ring, or how would she know? (laughs) It's a good point. Good point. I love that, though. This is, like, one of my favorite tropes. Right, the, like, she's suddenly desirable, 
and mm-hmm. he can prove he's loved her all along, even before everyone else noticed her. I put that in my notes you. later on. Like, I think this is a romance novel trope, not with the magic element, but with the like wallflower becomes a society darling and someone from the past shows up and she has no way of knowing if like if his feelings are real or if he's falling for the vapid image she's now presenting. Mm-hmm. And I think I liked it better here because I think I always struggle with it then. But this was based, I, like, I, it I, works I, a lot better when it's literally a magic potion. I, I agree. I really liked I, I think what Catherine Stye did best in this was incorporate this these ideas of like consent and the magic potion with the historical romance trope. Like that's what I ugly thought. duckling becomes a swan. Yeah. And the guy who loved her when she was the ugly duckling is the one for her in the end. Yeah. Or, I mean, really anything where, you know, he proposes and she says, like, he proposes, she says no because she thinks he's doing it for whatever reason. Fortune yep. hunter or um, he got her pregnant or whatever. And then he comes out with something that proves that it's actually been, he's actually been thinking of her all along. I love it. It's Me such too. a it's such a good one. It's such a good, you know, whatever you want to say. I don't know. I don't even know. Adding if it's a in an element of magic that makes her feelings valid and not based on insecurity makes it so much more fun. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because I mean, she's not wrong. She's not wrong about the way she feels. She has taken a triple jo- dose of a magic potion that apparently affects everyone around her to do exactly what no one in the book seems to know. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but besides that trope, what are the other tropes? They're childhood friends to lovers. I would also add that he's got to establish himself before he feels comfortable marrying her. Mm -hmm. You often see this trope. And while he's busy establishing himself, he's often insecure about her feelings. Mm -hmm. Well, and because for him, it's always been her. Yes. Which is such a nice one, too. And she had the traumatic, if not debut, first season that mm-hmm. has followed her ever since. Mm-hmm. And then they've been communicating with each other through letters. None of the letters are published. This is not an epistolary novella, but he's been so the subject. He's been just feeling a lot of long distance pining. Like yes. he hasn't even seen her for years and. The moment he sees her again, it's just so wonderful. I have a lot of questions about how this love potion works specifically, though. Because okay. it doesn't seem to work on him. I have theories about this, and obviously. I, I'm excited to hear your theories. But for the record, like, he is not all over her. He is not forcing himself on her. He is not. And clearly, people in this book... I don't think every man is like stampeding to get to her. Men who know they shouldn't want her can't stay in the same room with her because her like allure is so overwhelming. Like people are acting out of character because this is such a potent thing she has ingested. And he does not acknowledge feeling any differently than he has at any other point in the past around her. I know, Lane. And that's what I love about it is that he's just so gone for her that the potion doesn't make him act any differently than he normally would. But just every and, other man, an asshole and a lecher. Yes. 
Okay. And he's, well, he's just so used to having to restrain himself. Right? Like, his, you know, his so d- I'm default state that, like, of the being. The guy who proposed to her, even though he'd never really noticed her before, yes. is the type of guy who just proposes to random women because they're hot all the time. Exactly. Okay. And so for him, his default state and that of when being. his brother-in-law sees a hot, her brother-in-law sees a hot girl, he just flees. Well, I think I think the brother-in-law, when he finds himself attracted to someone that um, he normally wouldn't be, he's like, this is weird. I got to get out of here. Okay. Right? Like, I'm going to remove myself from the situation. Yes. And so for, for Drew, he sees her and he doesn't feel any different. Like I'm saying, his everyday state of being is I have to resist her anyway, which is why he can resist her. It's cute. I just have a lot of questions. That's my theory. Okay. I like it. So he's not actually immune. He's just like, it's just his everyday, like, this is my life. I just, the whole potion is meant to make her sexier. So she should be even hotter to him. I don't know. I just, I have a lot of questions about the magic. I have a lot of questions. He hasn't seen her for a while. So he's like, she, she is even hotter than he remembers. Okay. So I, you know, you're trying to find a hole in my theory and it's watertight. Obviously. (laughs) That said, I am a little confused by the timeline. Well, because Because there isn't much of one given. (laughs) They're, they're, they've been friends since they were young, right? And he also says that he's been in love with her. So his older brother is married to her older sister. Mm-hmm. And the age gaps are not super well defined to it's understand. Confusing. They met when she was eight. And she's 25? Yeah. And they grew up, they did grow up together and they did like childhood stuff together. But like, the siblings have only been married for 13 years. So it would imply they knew each other before the siblings got married. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot given here. There's not a lot of meat on these bones. The, like, again, I was like, love potion, you know, makes sense. I was like, the timeline doesn't make sense. Excuse me. How old was she when what happened now? (laughs) But if you just accept that they're childhood friends and that sometime in adolescence he fell in love with her, it's fine. And she has a lot of affection for him, but has just never thought of him in that way because I guess she hasn't seen him in an adult context. But the second she does, she's immediately on board. Mm -hmm. Because, oh, by the way, he's an Egyptologist. Yeah, that was not referenced enough. Not enough, no. But he was. And if you want me to fall for him just because he's an Egyptologist, I'm going to need more discussion of his work. Just mentioning it. Um, You talked about the part where, I mean, I thought it was really hilarious how she could tell that. So she ingests these this potion. She ingests three of them. One of them on purpose. The other two, she was just drugged, which not great. Not great. But you know, whatever. And um, she thinks it's going to wear off in about 24 hours and or maybe 12 hours. I don't know how she, she has no that. idea. It's not yeah. disgusting. She, she's like, I'll sleep on it and tomorrow morning I'll be fine. So she wakes up in the morning and she's like, OK, it's fine. And then she thinks that it's all worn off. And her brother-in-law runs into her and is like, oh, hey, Mabel, what? <laughs> like, why did I say that? And just turns around and leaves. Like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. I, I Look, I laughed really hard. Look, there are a lot of cute moments here, and I'm totally happy to hand wave away a lot of the lack of explanation. One, because 
I don't like to criticize what's missing from a book if I haven't read the previous ones in the series, because for all I know, the magic in this universe is super well-defined. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and for all I know, their relationship was laid out in the first book, because if it's the love story between their older siblings, maybe a lot is given about their timeline. It's true. So the one thing I do want to say is this writing style just is not for me. Mm -hmm. She writes in a very concise way that especially during the sex scenes, like they're, they're explicit in that, like you are well aware that they have had penetrative sex, but like, you don't know where the hands are. Like mm -hmm. they're not, there is not a lot of descriptive text. In the sex scenes, it was really obvious, but even through the rest of it, like, this is very much a, like, and this is what happened next, and this is what happened next without a lot of color. Mm -hmm. So not my thing. I, I'm not going to criticize it and say it's, like, objectively bad, because this is definitely a subjective opinion. But the one thing that sort of prevented me from really loving this book was the writing style and her cadence. Mm -hmm. Um, I I liked that the fact that when she wakes up, She's like, oh, yeah, it's all good. Potion wore off. And Drew is still into me. So it means he actually really does love me. Right? Right. And then, of course, it turns out that the potion hasn't worn off. I thought it was so predictable. But because it was, like, this potion thing, I don't know. It it didn't bother me. Right. She wanted certainty that he'd felt that way before she'd drunk the potion. Right. She is able to give her another way. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was cute. So it's also because it's a novella, like, it's not like you're dwelling in the angst of the misunderstanding for long. Yeah. And, you know, novellas, novellas work best when there's already an established relationship between the main characters. And we got, I thought we had enough here. It was fine. Agree. So, content warnings? It's a real fluffy bit book. I don't think there's really much going on. I mean, I guess the question is, are love potions inherently non-consensual? Well, she's drugged against her will. So she's drugged against her will. That's a problematic. But I'm also talking about, like, the men who are attracted to her, right? I mean, yeah, but nobody did anything that they're actually going to face any consequences for. They're not going to face any consequences for it because Drew, like, picked her up and ran out of the ballroom with her. And then he barricaded her in her room. <laughs> right. Like, look, it... It's totally played for laughs here, and I don't think it's, like, something that needs a content warning. Like, at a certain oh, point. I don't think it needs a content warning. I just, I do think it's an interesting thing to talk about. But. Oh, no, I agree with, like, the concept <laughs> of she's drugged against her will, and all of these men are going to have feelings for her where they wouldn't normally. But ultimately, if nothing is acted on for whatever reason. Yeah. Like, good uh, thing that guy didn't marry her who didn't know her. Oh, I know, right? Uh, sexiness. I mean, it again, it is, as Lane said, you know, there is sex on the page. I thought it was pretty sexy. I wouldn't call it a one-handed read. Yeah, it, it, the way that was written was just not sexy to me. Yeah, I liked it. Wasn't enough build-up. It was all too, like, execution-heavy and eh. Yeah. But there wasn't a lot of foreplay. Yeah, especially for a novella of 10,000 words, though. I was like, okay. I, I was okay with it. If what context. you want to know is do they have sex on page? Yes. They do. 
do I think this author writes sex in like the way that I most enjoy? No. Yeah. All right. What is your candy cane rating line? Like half. <laughs> Other than the fact that he's like, you're going to be mistletoe Mabel now because you make me kiss you. There's And the fact that it is Christmas Eve, there's nothing. You miss Christmas Eve all and there's mistletoe at the ball. That's literally it. But yeah, that's it. So like, it's not zero. Like half, one, <laughs> it's very little. <laughs> well, I enjoyed it. I, I thought this was a fun read, actually. It's super cute. Like, totally recommend if you're looking for, I think this was, no, it wasn't the shortest one we're reviewing. It's close, though. It's really short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very short. Um, Like, honestly, maybe partially because it's short, I give it a lot of credit for what it did. I think it did something great. And I will also give this credit. We've read a lot of angsty Christmas novellas this season, like Courtney Milan, Elizabeth White. Like we've, we've picked authors that do a lot of angst. So I'm not mm -hmm. like criticizing them for bad execution or anything. They've done what they've done well, but if like, this is just a nugget of fluff. Yeah. Which yeah, sometimes you need like the one word we haven't reviewed yet. Her like brother was lost in war and he was arrested. Like there is nothing here that I think needs a content warning. And frankly, sometimes at Christmas, that's what you want. It's true. Well, once again, Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening.